What's going on, everybody? It is Friday, May 28th. You have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swatsky, a.k.a. Father Zoe, a.k.a. Southside Zoe. And with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. Zoe, people are saying Cubs might be good. I, Dude, I told you guys about my dirty little secret. I might actually reveal that on the show here. So, And the man who is now on the long weekend... The good Reverend K. Fitz. I'm, I'm hoping this is a baseball anecdote that you have for us. So I'm actually a little more intrigued now because the way that that sounded, it sounded like it wasn't like the same story that I'm thinking of, but maybe not the one where you were wearing a toga. So maybe it's not the same. No, it's that I, my little secret is that I bet the over on the Cubs win total for the season. So smart. Go get, go get them, boys. I mean, it was, it was at 79, and actually, shout out to Beef Loaf, because I definitely just followed him on that one. Because I, I looked at it, and it was under 80. I was like, this is stupid. I'm going to make easy money off this. So well, let's, not, let's not jinx it now. Let's not. I, maybe that's what I'm doing right now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, don't want to But it's good times, man. Good times in Chicago. We have two. Count them, two first place baseball teams. One side, you would definitely know it. The other side, woo. Thanks for the assist. Yeah, no problem. Even though you guys did dog shit against Cleveland for us earlier this year. Excuse me, you, you beat the Cardinals twice. The Cubs have only played the Indians twice. If they beat the mm-hmm. Indians once, they've done their job. So I don't I mean, Zoe, we're, we're just trying to, we just want you guys to, we, we want the Sox to earn it. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And your ma- your workout. <laughs> Your math definitely does not check out there. <laughs> no, no, but um, that there would be math or lineups on this equation. Yes, but it's good times, man. Two first place teams, the White Sox, go into the game Thursday night against uh, starting a four game series against the pretty shitty Baltimore Orioles. Uh, a game up over Cleveland with a plus sixty nine, nice run differential. Uh, the Cubs, one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. Eight and ten, eight and two in their last ten games. Uh, they're tied with St. Louis as of the time of this recording for first place, but they also are holding a nice plus twenty-two run differential. St. Louis is riddled with injuries; like they almost might have more injuries than the White Sox, and it's it's looking good for the Cubs. So both teams. I was t- talking to Aldo before the show, and I, I mean, I'm sure it happened last year, but. It's just weird that both teams are in first place at the time of this recording. Like, and it's great. I mean, we've done shows where both teams absolutely sucked. We've done shows, you know what I mean? Or one team's doing good, the other team sucks. Like, very rarely do we get this. So we're going to talk about everything that's happened since the last time we joined us and a, a lot more. Um, so let's just, let's get into it. Let's tap this cake. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Ganty, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new move. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy. 
Uh, as always, the show is brought to you by PointsBet. Make sure you're using promo code PINWHEELS. And also, we have the link pinned at the top of our Twitter account, at Pod. If you like, you can go and support the show, or you can go buy some merch, T-shirts, onesie, mug, whatever the hell you want to, whatever you're into, whatever floats your boat. Get it with the Pinwheels and Ivy logo on it. Although the Cheekless Chap line will not be out for about six weeks. So, Brewhand Luke and Beer Garden Gym, you guys will have to wait just a little bit longer before you guys head out. So, mm-hmm. just a heads up. And for the podcast listeners, those are dudes from Twitter. Those are some of our faithful in the comment section, which you can always be watching us live on Thursday nights. We're live on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, Twitter, all that fun stuff. And join us in the comment section. Uh, it's usually a pretty good time in there. Interesting comments galore. Um, and we always appreciate, uh, you know, the people that are with us every Thursday. It's always good to see these long running jokes and everything. Uh, to tell you we appreciate your support would be an understatement. So um, so before the show tonight, and I kind of just want to get into this because I have a feeling this is going to go way off the rails quick with this. But I finally reached a point with the Tony La Russa stuff that I kind of want to just talk about. And that point is I really don't give a shit. I don't care if you like him. I don't care that you hate him. I can't think of the last time the White Sox had a manager that I was like every single movie made. I was like, fuck yeah, dude, that was the right call. But I understand people were mad. They didn't think TRL was the right hire. I personally would have not have gone in that direction, but he's the guy that's there now. And Tony actually said something in a press conference on Thursday that sparked this whole thing with me. He goes, I'm not afraid to take the heat. If you take, if you're a manager in major league baseball and you can't take heat, you're in the wrong position. But what I would like is for my first place baseball team to get a little bit more attention and credit. And I don't think I've seen heard or read anything from Tony LaRusso this year that has made me more go, fuck yeah, dude. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the people that seem like they're on his payroll to defend him. I'm sick of the people that go out of their way to fucking knock him. I'm just, I'm done with it. I'm done. It's over. White Sox are in first place. They got a really good team and they're playing with one hand tied behind their back with all the injuries and they're still in first place. And yes, the AL Central isn't the strongest division in baseball, but they just put a pretty damn good series up against the Cardinals. I mean, don't get me wrong. They got their butts spanked in the Bronx. But like, how much better did White Sox fans think this White Sox team would be than the rest of the league when they're doing this with missing two of like the most important cog? Yeah, it was just a little frustrating. The games in New York were really frustrating just because even guys that normally show up didn't. The, the bats were a little stagnant. Um, there was definitely some highlights, some, some things to take away from New York that were good. But, yeah, that's I mean, that's number one with a bullet. Vaughn going up against Chapman, who hasn't given up an earned run this year and just sending a piss missile to right center. You see that? that was like the hardest hit home run off Chapman ever and the yes. farthest uh, home run off Chapman ever. Right. Not bad. Not bad at all. But, I mean – just to kind of put a bow on this, the main thing is, again, I don't understand the people that feel the need to defend every 
every twitch that TRL has. I on the same hand, I don't understand the people that feel the need to just absolutely shit on the man for everything he does. If you don't like the hire, that's one thing. I just don't understand where people get the energy. I don't understand either way. And I think it's just getting a little absurd because we do have a first place baseball team that's doing some pretty fucking incredible things given the circumstances. And I just want to talk about that. And like I go on Twitter to talk about White Sox baseball and everything is Tony Russa is evil or Tony Russa. How dare you say that about Tony Russa? It's just like, holy shit. It's the end of fucking May. Let's just fucking go on, dude. Like, I don't know. That's, that's it. It just got, I got a little fired up. And then when I just saw Tony's quote and like, I understand this thing about the sign about the lounge, like I get people are mad about that. Like that's, that's fine. That's your prerogative. Be mad about it. I think it was a shitty move by the White Sox too. But if you think Tony La Russa had anything to do with that, like what, what are you doing? Like, you're not that dumb. You can't think that like Tony didn't like, contact White Sox PR and was like, hey, take down that old lady's name and put my name on that lounge. Like, that's, that's not what happened. That reminded me of, uh, I think, uh, with the Cubs, I forget what year it was, uh, they had, like, a cake for Ron Santo. And, like, it was yeah, like, oh, yeah, cake, yeah, yeah. And they just, they, like, they somebody just, found it in the dumpster. Right. And it was, like, hilarious. Like, bad luck, but, like, hilarious. Right. <laughs> and the grand scheme of things didn't matter. Not really, but it was funny. A bad luck, but, I mean, whatever. And this, and this is an, it was an extremely... I think it was a really, really bad PR move by the White Sox. I think it was just a really shitty thing they did. And to not at least give the family the sign, to just throw it away. That's the key right there is because yeah. there, there, there are countless people that have been outraged that were inside that stadium for the entire year of 2020 and walked past that placard dozens and dozens of times and had no idea who Loretta was. And now they're upset as of yesterday. They didn't care about Loretta until then. The point is, for them... It's a whole nother thing. But for the family, the family should have been indeed contacted and been allowed to know that, hey, listen, we're going to take Loretta's name down. We're going to put a plaque up elsewhere. Like, mm-hmm. like that is that is a 100 percent job of the, um, the the actual corporate aspect of White Sox, of the Chicago White Sox. you're dropping the ball. Unbelievable. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. That's what it is. And I was more like, well, no, people were like, in the stadium in 2020. They were in like, watch the no hitter in 2020. Well, the cardboard the cutouts. The cardboard cutouts too. Well, that's what he's saying. Like no one was there last year in the shortened there was, season. There were humans there. There was media there. Is what I'm saying. The media was there. Oh, some of them were in the ballpark. They saw. I don't it. know. They I noticed it yesterday. I get they it. Shitty. I already think it's shitty. They should have gave the family the sign. I'm glad they left the plaque up for. Her. But again, the funny thing is to see people that I know are intelligent blame Tony LaRusso for it. And it's like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Like, you, you can't honestly think this. Like, I get, right. you, don't, I get you don't like him. Great razor. He's like taking it down. Let me, see if they notice. No, after all that, let me interrupt you, though. Hmm. So let's just not talk about that. Let's talk about the Sox right now. First yes, place, getting it done. That's what I was with, getting like, there. I think uh, Luke pointed out, entire outfield, injured list. I mean, we're starting um, Billy Hamilton regularly. Yeah, I, that, that is not good. I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It's like, you know, we were raving yeah. about the Billy Hamilton game against the yeah. Twins, but you don't, you don't want Billy Hamilton starting like half the time in center field. Like, that's bad. Right, and it's just, I mean, nothing against Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton, great guy. I want him on that bench. Great bench guy, yeah. I, w- I want him pitch running. I want him as a defensive replacement. Lurie Garcia, I want him as a utility guy. I want him on getaway lineups, and I want him starting every once in a while, every day. In center field, 
Like, no, dude. Like, come it, on, it, man. Like at, the, like, at the time that it was happening, it was great. Like, because uh, it was right after the Luis Robert injury. And mm-hmm. you're like, hey, like, next guy's got to step up. And, like, they did for, like, that week after. I mean, they were fucking phenomenal. They had those blowouts against the Twins. Um, I think it was, like, uh, I forget what that weekend series was. But, like, Texas, maybe? Um, or, no, it was after. I forget. But, you know, like, now we're seeing, though, and I think, Kevin, you brought it up, uh, you know, about talking about Mercedes. You know, Vegas starting to adjust. He's mm-hmm. been pretty bad in May. Yes. Um, TA now, uh, he's been out for the past, so Wednesday and then Thursday night. And then mm-hmm. Larissa said that just, you know, general soreness. Uh, and that might explain his rough, like, really rough week. And then he's been also, like, if you look at the entire month of May, TA has been, like, it's pretty, been a down, yeah, it's yeah, been pretty a down. bad in May. Um, okay. But hey, on the other side, Nick yeah. Madrigal. Remember, remember that one week when everyone was like panicking that you know the first week of the season. Who <laughs> might have sent a tweet about it or on the on the Twitter Yeah, I think it was just like la- I think it was like uh, last week when everyone's like yeah. you know the, the league has figured out Nick Madrigal and now he's like he's hitting like uh three hundred again. He's hitting three hundred one right now. Yeah, at the time of his and now they're putting him in the leadoff spot. I mean, and among active second basemen, he's like top five or top 10 in every statistical category. I know his war is a little bit down, whatever, but I mean, Madrigal, he hasn't been the, the model of consistency, but he's, he's got the second highest batting average on yeah. the team right now. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Like you're getting what you kind of thought Madrigal was going to be, uh, you know, a singles hitter who's going to hit like around 300. Right. And exactly. That's and that's what he's doing. And he's hitting, I mean, he's even starting to sprinkle in the occasional double. You know what I mean? Like he had the home run. That yeah, I don't think we celebrated that home run enough. I, I guess <laughs> we didn't celebrate that home run enough. Sprinted around the bases, but the I mean, Madrigal's been good, very good for the White Sox. But I want to talk about this because Kevin brought it up on draft night, and he deserves all the roses for this one because he's been on this the <laughs> whole time. But what we're seeing now are, are is we recording? are we recording? Is a very young player. And Andrew Vaughn, who, like most people were freaking out about, never played higher than A ball or high A ball before getting thrown into a new position that he's never played before at the major league level. And he struggled at first. He was struggling a little bit. Not in the field. I've literally seen he's only misplayed like one ball that I can think of in the outfield. And it wasn't like it got behind him. He just went back instead of forward for his initial step. Um, but what we're seeing now is what Kevin's been talking about for a long time with the hitting and the approach at him. We talked about the home run off of Chapman. It was an absolute rocket, but what I want I mean, he's taking pitches. He's working deep into counts. He's spraying to all fields. I'm going to pull up his spray chart. while I turn it over to Kevin right now, but like his spray chart is a thing of fucking art. It's beautiful. And Kevin, why don't you tell people what you're seeing in his swing and like, why do you think of, you know, why is he turning this corner now? Well, and so for him, especially for your young guy, you got to think about what the, the game is doing. Cause you got to think about what the game as a whole, uh, as like a major league baseball is what I mean. There's, there's limited footage that you're going to get limited, you know, replay and, and whatnot. When you're looking at someone's swings and, and the flaws that they have. And for, for Andrew Vaughn, he came in, there was a little bit more, there was a little bit more, info and data on him because you know he did play at a higher level 
you know, college as well. So there was a lot of footage for scouts they had, mm -hmm. but there was only, that's it only a general going into the draft kind of amount of footage. Then now you fast forward, he goes out into the league, he starts doing what he does and he starts adjusting to his strengths and starts seeing where he can succeed, what pitches he drives well coming from this level of you know different angle or the velocity or the spin rate. And now all of a sudden now you look at him and he struggled. And we've talked about it on here with all the good ball players that they have those two steps forward, one step back experience as a young ball player, as a mature hitter, he's going to have less of those steps back and have more of those steps forward. And so now we're at this point, which is really exciting for what he's going to do with the baseball. The league is now going to start testing him out. Think Velociraptors in Jurassic Park, trying to test all the vulnerabilities of the fence to try to escape. The league now is going to keep testing the vulnerabilities on Andrew Vaughn and try to figure out what now what new vulnerability does he have which also includes making mistakes mm -hmm. that's the key is Vaughn's going to get a lot more mistakes as the league tries to figure him out so for him right now he's at this peak point where he's going to get those steps forward now he looks like he's taking those steps forward and he's going to get the time that he's going to get in the lineup he's getting in, he's in a good place i don't think there's again like we talked last year with Luis robert we don't there's no need to like push him forward just because he's doing great he's still a rookie guys don't forget that yerman's still a rookie don't forget that mm -hmm. these guys just sit in their spot for a second. Like it, the, the urge to make rookies into vets is, is extremely hard to fight, but these guys are excelling and getting a hang of it now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, well, here, look at this. Boom. Incredible. Look at, this, look at the spray chart all Beautiful. over the place. What pisses me off is these long ass doubles. <laughs> junk. But those are off the wall, too. But look at these percentile rankings. So look at the exit velocity, the max exit velocity, the hard hit percentage, the barrel percentage. Dude hits the living shit out of baseballs. Yeah, I but mean, he doesn't have any triples. Send him down. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, he doesn't get to make these adjustments if he starts the year in Charlotte. No, he's got to see the real thing. He's got to see the real thing. Alex. And they're playing juice balls down at AAA right now. Dude, the AAA <laughs> numbers are insane. All sense of security down there anyway. Play with the dead ball. Let's go. Yeah, play with what you're going to deal with and let the, let, let the mature 23, 24-year-old or whatever. I don't even know how old he is now at this point. Figure it out. He's going to do that. That's why he was drafted. He's a professional hitter and a professional utility man, might I add. Dude. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling him up right now just because – it's hilarious. The AAA numbers right now, I mean, good for these guys. I love seeing, like, a nightly tweet about Jake Berger hitting a fucking home run. Like, it's great, but literally they're playing with a Super Bowl. Have, have they not switched the balls? Are they still using the 2019 yeah, balls? <laughs> Just got against the, the, the Vegas Aviators last weekend in, a th I think it was a three or maybe a four-game series, but it was at least a three-game series. Six. Six homers in a series. The guy... Round trip six times in one series here in Vegas. Like, I remember, like, for the podcast listeners, obviously it's been a while since we've talked about, about like, minor league numbers. But, but, like, going back to 2019, the one thing I do remember is, like, the Cubs uh, the Cubs minor league pitcher of the year. I think it was Corey Abbott. I, I think it was. But he was at AAA, and <laughs> he had, like, a 3.97 or 3.6. Like, it was in the high threes. He had, like, the best ERA in AAA, and it was, like, close to four. <laughs> that's yeah. how crazy those triple eight numbers are and, and still are. And we all know like Charlotte is a launching pad. Charlotte's always been a launching pad. And then on the complete other side of the spectrum, Birmingham is like, it'll fuck you up. 
Like you, you don't go to Birmingham to put up hitting numbers. And I've seen some of the guys like a future socks and guys that do really, really good work with the, the white Sox farm system. Talk about how guys like Gavin sheets and Blake Rutherford were like begging to get out of Birmingham not literally, but just being like, get me out of this shitty, like not shitty, this hard bar ballpark. Like, and if you look right now, Gavin Sheets is hitting 303 with three home runs in 19 games already this year. Uh, Jake Berger, 273 with six home runs in 16 games. Like Blake Rutherford, where are we at? 293. He's only got one homer, but he's got eight RBIs and a triple. And right now, the best hitter is a guy I've, I, and this is just me not being smart, but uh, second baseman Marco Hernandez hitting 355. No clue. I've never even heard of him before. 76 at bats in Charlotte. By the way, wait, wait. I just read this in the in the chat. Alex said this entire segment is just a subtweet at Beefloaf. What's this about? I I don't know what that's. Give me guys in the loop, actually, Alex. Yeah. I missed last night too busy talking about Rocky Dennis in the chat because I, I have no idea. That was a, that was a lot of Rocky Dennis. Uh, <laughs> I love this follow up. Alex follows up with the "Let's go magical replacement." Well, on that note, I was saying <laughs> it, I'm thinking in my head though, and I I tweet this out after the the finale of the White Sox Cardinals series where the bottom of that order, basically the outfield outside of Vaughn was just a black hole in that lineup. They need to, tr- on the one-way podcast, people said send Vaughn to Charlotte a month ago. Ooh. Oh. Um, I disagree. Mm. Um, Home beef, you're drunk. <laughs> but I tweeted out, if this doesn't put the cherry on the top for the White Sox need to trade for an outfield bat, I don't know what does. Like that, the the Wednesday game, the day game between the Sox and the Cars was one of the most frustrating. The White Sox had bases loaded. They left so many runners on base. I mean, it was one guy, though. It was German. <laughs> that was tough. But it was brutal, dude. And like – Yeah, he was. So I'm way, just – By the way, so I have to ask you because I think, I, I think we asked – or I asked you three weeks ago. What's that? Well, that's again. You want Jock Peterson? I mean, right now he's hot. That'd be buying high. That'd be stupid. By the way, hilarious. Remember, remember, <laughs> remember after remember after the first couple of weeks, everybody was doing the whole, uh, you know, the White Sox got Adam Eaton, the Cubs got stuck with Jock Peterson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, looking yeah. a little. Uh, well, how the, how the tables enough. have turned. I feel like we actually talked about it on this podcast that Jock Peterson's a streaky hitter and that he was pretty much due to start hitting a hot streak mm-hmm. sooner or later, and he did. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's called being patient with guys in their trends. Like Sammy Stokes, yep. he would go O for a month and then go hit 20-some-odd homers in May. It's fine. Like, yeah. And, and then e- Eaton's hurt again, right? Yeah, Eaton's hurt. Eaton's hurt. Kopik uh, landed, landed on his weird on his plant leg really weird and, like, popped up and i thought i was oh man i got a text from a friend and he said uh big socks man he said uh fuck copic again yeah and i immediately went to like the box score like i don't know why i didn't just go to twitter but i went to the box room like did they pull it like was it an arm injury but i saw that he finished the inning i'm like what could it have been no who had the bereavement today was that he did that was copic so so somebody happened death in the family and he got i I do have to ask. I do have to ask. I don't want to be insensitive. If something did happen in his family, like, you know, thoughts, prayers to Kopik, but no, 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 no. but no, no, it's not, it's not on Kopik's part, but if 
there wasn't anything personal that happened. What a great use of the bereavement lifts from the socks because right. it's only mi- it's maximum or minimum three days mm-hmm. and then maximum seven. You don't have to use the ten day injured list, and you don't so have you to could, use all seven either. Exactly, yeah. So he can come back like if it's just like a little tweak in his hamstring and it's not that serious. It sounds you don't have like to lose him. For whatever it is, we really hope that whatever's happening, especially if it's a death in the family, we hope. Right, right. Exactly. exactly. No, but if it is something personal, like prayers to the coping, yeah. to the coping but and everybody. He's involved. uh. So but it is both parts in their sketches. So he's gone. Adam Eaton's hurt. Tim Anderson's out with general soreness. Um, they brought up Burr. Uh, yeah, I know MLB doesn't let the team. Okay, yeah, no. yeah. I, like I, again, I didn't want to be inside of it. Just like right. the timing of it was, I mean, per, like perfect for the Sox. I mean, I, I I got out of an essay when I was in eighth grade when a relative that I had never met. So I, I actually <laughs> a sketchy thing to do. So I actually felt guilty about that for a long time. So I hope that that would never be the case. But it also is a business, and people will use advantages wherever they can get. Right. No, because I, I mean, the same thing. Alex pointed out in the chat, and like that, uh, Zoe, you just said, you know, like MLB. I don't think MLB like will let you do that. Yeah, no. But if there's like any leap loophole for that, like, I mean, like, yeah. great, like great for the Sox, I guess. I just hope, you know, best wishes to Kopech and his family. Hopefully everything is fine, but right. so, but with Eaton being down, so Adam Angle's hitting home runs in Charlotte right now, but again, bouncy ball. Yeah. So, but the, the, the good thing is he's making hard contact and he looks good. So hopefully the White Sox will get him back right there, but they still need, they still need another outfielder. And so that's when I start looking at guys like Marco Hernandez, like, I need yeah, to look this guy up. Is a, he... Are you still on uh, Joey Gallo, or is that kind of like a, is that did that romance pass a little bit now? Because I'd be, be fine a, with Joey Gallo. Uh, I mean, now that you've seen guys get off their crutches and you're seeing Marco Hernandez came up. It looks like was he in the Cubs? Marco Hernandez, uh, date ML. Oh, he was born in '92. MLB debut in 2016. He has 76 career at bats in the majors. Oh, wait, 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 never mind. 36. I'm trying to find that, too. 257 at-bats in the majors, 265, 300 on base, 642. He was drafted by the Cubs. Am I seeing that right? And then he was in Boston's. It looks like Boston's system. Mm -hmm. And now he's – this is his first year with the White Sox. Yeah. I mean, 20 – is it Mercedes 2.0? (laughs) <laughs> but I'm just saying like yeah he was a Red Sox utility guy but like I'm seeing all these guys like Margo Hernandez, Gavin Sheets, Blake Rutherford uh, I mean should you even say Sebi Zavala is hitting 242 but these guys are hitting really well and try to put together a package man like don't wait for other teams to have injuries like we're Garrett. seeing with like the Yankees and like Whenever the, healthy, this is the time to act. If you do need to act, you need to act now because you have these healthy teams that are not in need yet. Right. But like not, or teams that are not sure if they need to contend we, yet. We literally just had a front row seat to the Cardinals losing two outfielders. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like teams, teams that are in contention are going to start getting injuries too. It's not just the White Sox, even though it feels like it. And Normal. Cubs have but, everybody on the deal. Oh my God. Right. The price Duffy. I mean the price of a decent bet is going to go up. So then you just start looking at 
guys who were on the last year or close to last year of their contracts, and that's when you get the usual suspects, the the, the Joey Gallo and the Santander. Um, that's my guy. I want great him. name. Yeah, I I want him out of Baltimore. I cut him um, off my fantasy team though. He, who? Team. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I picked him up. Um, <laughs> who is the kid? Shit. There's a kid in Seattle system. He's a really good outfielder, but he's just a victim of a log jam oh. out in Seattle, and he's like in AAA right now. Hold on, Henry Fuck. Henry Henry Rowan Garden. No, hold on. Wait, he's in AAA. Right yeah, but he's behind. Seattle's got such a good young outfield that is it Ken? Well, they, he can hit. 90. Well, I mean, they have. They just brought up Kalenic. They have Haniger. Hold on, I'm pulling. Um, right they have now. obviously they have Kyle Lewis. Yeah, Trammel? that's what. That's why he's. Trammel. He's yeah, Trammel. There you go. Trammel. I knew if Taylor I, Trammel. I knew if I kept stalling, Alex would eventually put it in the chat. <laughs> I was gonna say, let's just wait for Alex to get it. <laughs> so, I'm actually I'm a little intimidated by the way, because we're gonna be in Chicago next week, and I'm just gonna tell you this right now since we're talking about Alex. I'm gonna be actually hoping that if I'm with Alex, he's in the car and he's driving. <laughs> so that at some point in our discussion, I'm gonna make sure that I can actually get the answer first. Because that's so damn fat. I don't have any idea. He, he's like, well, this has been a this has been like a, a hot name right now on White Sox Twitter. Uh, Taylor Trammell, he's a center fielder right now for Seattle's Triple A team. In fifty at bats right now, he's batting four sixty. Is that a Triple A though? Yeah, it's Triple A. So bouncy ball with five home <laughs> runs. So he's got some pop. He's got two stolen bases. He's got a one point three five three OPS. See, the thing about that is though. Like oh well, see, look at this is our resident fact checker. For those of you listening to podcasts, his name's <laughs> his name's Alex. Make sure you go follow him on Twitter. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's my guy. But what Alex is saying here is he's been traded by three teams in under two years, which is kind of a red flag for him. And I totally get that. But we've also seen guys like your Mercedes, who sometimes it's just about fit and timing. And this could be a good fit and timing for him in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And New geographic location, new fan base, new new opportunity, everything. Yeah, and my just- my only thing with that one is is the age twenty three. And normally, when you see a trade, you know, to get help, it, like I, I think teams normally lean towards like the veteran guy. Yeah, yeah, like the veteran guy, the steady guy that you know what you're kind of gonna get. Right, you're not, you're not trying to pull the wool over somebody and snag some prospect that they didn't really right. appreciate. You're trying to get somebody that everybody is renowned, knowing that this is the person that. That's like point. like a few yeah. years ago, like Cubs you needed. Want like, shoot. You don't trade for crapshoots. Yeah, like a few years ago, like the Cubs like needed a bat, and they're like, "All right, Castellanos, we're getting him. We know where we're getting." So like a veteran guy, or um, they need, but I, they need an arm, and they you know they traded you know Eloy Mendez. Yeah, don't see. By the way, by the way, <laughs> some good vibes for the Sox seeing Eloy like walking around, batting yeah. on. And then uh, also part of part of the injury maneuvers is they did put Luis Robert on the sixty day IL. Oh wait, we, you do have to say we have to have you pronounce the word by the way. What epiphany? Up. Epiphany. What was it? Epiphany. Nice. Can you say it three times fast? I don't want to. Um, so they put Luis Robert on the sixty day IL, which to me kind of shows that his rehab is moving along real nice. Um, you know. I think no. It's, I mean, that's just like a procedural, move, right? Yeah. Yep. And then, yeah, we're seeing these Instagram stories. Uh, Lloyd's out in the uh, facilities out in Arizona, uh, walking around with his karate kid bandana on. Fucking, he's got a bat in his hand. He's got no bandages. 
no sling, no anything. And he's posting uh, anime cartoons of dudes in like pods with wires and stuff coming out like they're fucking Wolverine Weapon X saying it's he getting a little soon. bit too into the internet right now? Is he, is he had too much time on his hands and he's really getting so, into, he's I really- wasn't going to ask that, but I was going to ask this is going to be a like tangent <laughs> off. Anime. So like like this pit, this is like farther away than anything Bias swings at. Um, is oh. it like obviously we're a little older here, you know? I'm not going to say ages. We don't need to do that, but does it oh. seem like this like new generation is a lot more uh, like they don't give a shit. Like they'll watch anime. They don't care if they get like say you're a nerd. What a dork! Like no, anime is not nerdy shit. Uh, it's not. Yeah, it's not anymore. Right? Well, like, they, when did that change? When did that change? Because the video game generation too. These guys that are my age are playing. Well, now they're retired. They played video games, and they were told stop playing video games, nerd. Even though you were in the clubhouse, right. the older guys were telling you video games for nerds. So it really there's a, there's there was a culture. I could say this. I'd say around like the the like the early '80s. I think there was uh, like a movement shift because you could see that again the mustaches and the hairy chests and the, the the Tom Selleck masculinity, right? And then you get to the '90s and like like the generation that came up like in the late '80s was like, all right, they're kind of still kind of there. Rick Russell still has a great belly. Um, and then you get to the late '90s and all of a sudden you can start gaming and you can start taking your 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 video game systems with you on the road. And these guys are staying in. They're not going out to the bars. They're actually staying in and they're playing video games in the hotel. And these older vets that are like, let's go get laid. No, there's some creep chasers. <laughs> and the other guy's like, nah, I'm going to sit here. We're going to play some GoldenEye real quick. Let's go. Just have fun, bud. We'll see you later. And they might drink or smoke weed or whatever, but they're sitting in there and they're not going out like this. And so I think that starts it. And then now they're the ones still playing video games. They're playing, you know, they're trying to be good at Call of Duty and they're not great. Mm-hmm. Fortnite comes along and you get this whole generation now that is, again, more in touch with like social media and Instagram and TikTok. And this is what people do. My girlfriend, I love her. She's younger than me. She's on TikTok every night before bed for like an hour. She's re- she's watching all the videos. She's I a girlfriend, Zoe. She's so- addicted. No, shit is addicted. Zoe is like one of two people I follow, so I get every Zoe video. But <laughs> shit is addicting. The golfer guy and then the guy that did the the the, the sweatsh the, the sweater <laughs> turtleneck and sweater guy. Yeah. Uh, but other than like I, for me, I like I roll through it. I get cartel murder videos, which is weird. Oh, I don't know what's going on there. But you're the like, target audience. You know, like but you're, getting, you're getting now this 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 younger generation of ball players that are coming up that have been exposed to this target audience social media. Again, the algorithm is hitting, and and these are people that are no longer they like people like you know, anime's good, man. I don't make make fun of anime like. Weird I'm not making fun of it. I just never got into it. I'm not saying it's I'm like, an English teacher that coached baseball. Do you understand how hard it was to talk about Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey to like nope. any coaching buddies? They were like, shut the fuck up, Fiddler, and drink nope. your beer. Look at those titties. Like that was like literally conversation. So it's it's well, I mean, Kevin's watching Hento over here, but I like the bust a student with Hento though. I got that was an awkward like I remember like I remember like uh, No, I know what you're saying all back in middle school. Like I remember I had a friend and like his sister was like into anime. I'm like, oh, all right. Like what? But to well, Yumper's point, like players that are playing video games, and well, yeah, to Yumper's point in the comment section, Blake Snell has his own Twitch channel. Lucas right, Giolito, no, yeah, Lucas Giolito's on Twitch all the time. They're big advocates. Yeah. Owen for the Bears. Yeah, they play no, a lot, and they play a lot more than like MLB the show. They're out there playing Call of Duty. The popularity. It's like the last ten years, right? Yeah, and these professional gamers, dude, they're making, they're clearing millions of dollars. By like the they're way, fucking celebrities, dude. No, I remember the first Market. time. If this is all about selling, but this is all marketability, guys. This is this mm-hmm. is no different than signing with Nike. Or with a yeah. deepest, this is a whole other market that people aren't touching. And and some of these companies that have gotten wise to TikTok and to Twitch, 
They're brilliant companies because they're they're capitalizing on people that can draw a following. Regular Joes are grabbing a following. Now you take a celebrity and you give them the same platform to connect with a humongous audience. You're changing. We're talking about changing the game. You're changing media and sports and entertainment as it is exists. ESPN becomes irrelevant because you can get it straight from the guy's mouth while he's playing a video game at 10 at night after his start. That's like the cool stuff, which just makes it hard for like the, of course, the organizations to police this stuff. Right. And they hate it because it's, well, that, it's and true. That's the day. I mean, the kids these days, like the younger kids, they watch YouTube, man. They're watching these people play video games and shit. Like these people are the celebrities, dude. And like it gives people hope too. like, hey, I might not be the biggest, strongest, fastest kid, but I'm good as fuck at Call of Duty. No, so no, I, I remember. You know I, I, mean? think I, was, I think I was like, either like a senior in high school. Way, though, practicing all the time in class. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was like a senior in high school or like in college. And I remember my brother bringing it up to my mom and he's like you see this tournament like this kid just won like 50 grand for like a madden tournament madden. you should let my madden started it all it's all mad i say swear it, to God, madden it's madden and and not to brag i was not to brag i was pretty good at playing madden when i grew up but my, obviously you get the same like why are you always playing video games right. but i remember that moment when my brother brought it up to my mom he's like you, you are you looking at the, you seeing this you seeing this it's amazing <laughs> how many times right, back to the side how many times but how many times have adults said, what, playing video games? You can't make a living like no, that. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. No, no, no. Because, like, what have you been hearing, like, the past few years? It's like, oh, like, you want to be an influencer? You want to be a YouTuber? Like, yeah, that's what fucking kids are doing now. Yeah. And they're making money. And so and we <laughs> talked that with, like, young athletes, which it's weird because young athletes, and I'll say this because we're going to keep this on the tangent because we are talking a little bit more outside of the – our, our, our sphere. Holy we have, shit, young, we have young ball players that are doing this as they're coming up as well. And they're learning this stuff. Think about the high school kids that have already, like they're already doing this, watching some of these guys that are already doing this, watching Tim Anderson create his own YouTube channel with a documentary, watching um, how you're, you know, you're seeing Tariq Cohen or, you, you know, you want to talk about ball players. Like Snell's really good, man. He's, he's really good. Cause he, he actually, there's the interaction. And, and you think about these guys connecting with an audience Baseball has never had a better opportunity to connect with a larger audience than it has right now. And the question is, how can you create the dialogue? Because how can you connect both with the young athlete, the young people? How can you also not push away the old crowd? Because baseball's audience is roughly like the average age of baseball fans, is like 50 some odd years old. You don't want to also alienate your actual audience too. You want to bring in both. And how can you do both when you're pre I hate to say this, but when you're also attacking the unwritten rules there, there's a large subset of the largest MLB audience that does actually appreciate some weird part of that. So how do you do both and not, how do you bring in the new and not pretend like this generation that um, God, I'm right. you're 50. You're not dying in a week, dude. You're so, gonna, <laughs> you gotta, it, there's, there's, there's more to this. It's a tough job. This it's is a job of it. This is from 2020. This is Forbes top 10 video game earners. That dude Ninja, I've even heard of him, so he's big. Ninja made 17 mil in 2020. Uh, this dude PewDiePie, isn't that dude like a Nazi or some shit? Oh, he made he made <laughs> he made he made, he made 15 That's profitable today, by the way. He so. made 15 million. Uh, some dude named Preston made 14 million dollars playing fucking Minecraft. Preston's 14. Uh, Mark Probably. Fishbach made 14 million. Uh, some dude named Shroud made 12 and a half million. Jock some, Peterson made 9 million. Uh, some, yeah. Some dude <laughs> named <laughs> Daniel Middleton made 12 million. Some These guys named, are making like NBA money. These yeah. guys made this more money sick, than Chris dude. his first four years as a Chicago Cub combined. 
And I mean, I'm looking at the games, and they're all just playing Fortnite and Minecraft. Yeah, yes. no, I was. That's I all was Shreve gonna does. say. All Shreve does. That's all he does on the road. Yes, he's like, hey, you're I'm trying to figure out Call of Duty and Halo Three, but go to it, and that's what they're I, doing. They're playing it. I heard this the other day on uh, Barstool Chicago, and I think they had their uh, their their like video game guy on for a draft. I think it's M Rags or something like that, or I forget. I'm sorry, I apologize. But they're doing their like video character draft. But he brought up how like I forget what year it was. Obviously, it was recent. Like a Fortnite tournament, the the prize pool was bigger than like the Masters. Jesus. Like you, like if you won that Fortnite tournament, you won more money than you if you won means? the Masters. That means we need to have the inaugural pinwheels and ivy, Madden football. I yeah. suck at Madden. No, I, I can't. You know why or, they changed Madden too much? They changed Madden. Too much. What is a game that's actually stood the test of time that we could actually say like, let's do it. Let's FIFA. do a lot. MLB the show. Man. Or MLB the show. Like yeah. those. I think the only yeah. things that improve on those just graphics. Everything kind of stays the same. Right. They, 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 the show it makes me want to like stab my eyes out. They <laughs> keep the buttons the same. Goldeneye. There Goldeneye. You go. That's, a, that's Goldeneye. a good one. No Goldeneye. odd job. No odd job. <laughs> no odd job. What do you want to like just play like Super Mario? But uh, back to Taylor Trammell. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, is that is that a viable trade for the Sox? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, the only other thing. No, by the way, that Adam, entire segment. Where I played Super Adam Eaton, bro- Adam Eaton Brothers. <laughs> that entire segment was uh, sponsored by the Pinwheels and Ivy YouTube channel. Go and subscribe. Yes, go and, and subscribe download. and give us should a like, be, and comment. And should stuff. we be on Twitch? Should we we should eat. We should eat live on Twitch. Why not? Fuck it. Sure. Bring on the. Right. Bring them on. Yumper, Yumper, tell us how to set up a Twitch channel. Yeah, we'll Yumper, it. you're a resident gamer, dude. Yeah, we'll Twitch. I mean, we'll drink beer. We'll chug beer. I mean, people will see us, and then I don't know what's allowed on Twitch, but I'll Twitch it up. Yeah, I'll Twitch it up. Dude. I'm hip. I, I have, Hell yeah, I can drink a bunch of Red Bulls. <laughs> Twitch. Uh, <laughs> the other thing, though, I want to talk about the White Sox. So we're getting encouraged. That, so we're joining Twitch. That <laughs> has remained consistent is the pitching. Uh, Lucas Giolito is definitely not, I will not say he's all the way back, but he's definitely finding his rhythm again. Hey, are you saying that Lucas Giolito isn't just all of a sudden horrible? <laughs> yeah. What? That is not, that did not. I was lied to. This is bullshit. I thought he quit and it was over. Um, Dallas Keiko looks like he's going to be fine. Dallas Keiko 100% is the number five starter on this team. Uh, Carlos Rodon is. By the way, but repeat that real quick. Just say that out loud. Because what? for everybody else that has a, a five-man rotation in Major League Baseball, say it one more time. Who's the number five? Dallas Keigel. Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, that's, that's like eggplant boner juice right there. Because to say that someone like him is your number five is like – Yes. He's the number five star on his team because the reason being is Carlos Rodon is having a fucking Cy Young first half of the season. And Carlos shout out – Shout out to Cherizi because he called this. I don't know. I I think he's second in ERA. I don't know who's first in ERA, but whole like Carlos Rodon, holy shit! We're yeah. talking about a guy who I mean, I, I, I'm just guessing. Like seventy five percent, eighty percent of the fan base when he got non tendered was like, oh, thank God, we don't have to worry about him anymore. We don't have to worry. The only about person, him. sorry, the only person with a better ERA than Carlos Rodon right now is Jacob Fucking Degrom. <laughs> Not bad company. And That's oh yeah, you forgot about Rizzo. Um and Keegan Thompson. Well, qualified pitchers. Sorry. Uh, qualified. 
Okay, uh, but yeah, no, I'm pretty sure like most of the White Sox fan base, and again, maybe I'm generalizing, but I, I think that's a safe bet, was like, oh, thank God we don't have to worry about like if he's going to be healthy or not. We don't have to worry about like, uh, is he a fifth starter? Are we going to put him in the bullpen? Is he taking away innings from anybody else? He just turned that into I'm the best fucking pitcher in like the American League. Like, holy shit. Where did this come from? I mean, I, I mean, he was like a top. He was like a the third overall pick, right? So I mean, he obviously has the talent, but there. but obviously the injuries took a toll on him throughout his like first four or five years with the Sox. Good, good for him. Like but this, good for him. How about this? The White Sox drafting a guy that early in the first round and letting that guy find his wings, like a Garrett Crochet. Same thing. But Rodon right now is at that point where he's actually at that the light clicked on moment. And that's the most exciting part of a baseball player's career. Although you and I saw it with Jake Arietta. We got to see it wasn't, it might not have been long. It was, it was, a <laughs> yeah, it was. but when the light came on, it's when, they, when they, they've worked so hard in their career to get to that point, And then they get to that point. Obviously it's like you ride the wave, you ride the break. Right. And you keep going And with Rodon right now, what he's doing, like the baseball, when he, it, it explodes out of his hand. And it looks so easy. Outside. And it's effortless. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't feel like it's physically like. It doesn't feel like it's heavy, like a heavy workload. I, I don't want to say workload, but he's not laboring out there. He's it, everything that he does feels like he could throw that with his kid out in a, like out in a park playing catch with his buddies, you know, or whatever playing football or whatever. It's effortless. He's not doing things that are unhealthy right now, and he's doing it so well that you know, and you, everyone's so worried about his health. And and can he can he hold this up? Everyone that's watching, you have to look at how effortless this looks. It has to calm that anxiety a little bit about worrying about his health as he progresses into again more outings and more appearances. As or yeah, with his with his health issues. But you got to believe that the effortless is probably why he can. He's learned how to throw effortlessly. And, and watch a Carlos Rodon start, man. He starts out. 94 95 and then by the sixth seventh inning he's popping trip digits dude and it's like that that is a healthy arm mm -hmm. that is that is a health that is what a good a good healthy pitcher gets loose as the game goes on and the velocity increases until he hits that wall and then you see him get tired and it decreases a little bit and i see this too now how many how many baseball players have you guys ever seen like or friends that you know that you play baseball with that the first damn throw they make getting loose they think they're throwing a game seven of the world series, trying to blow it by like Alex Rodriguez. They're, they're throwing right. the ball as hard as they can on their, they, they don't progress. It's just getting stretched out. I'm not even talking about like in a real game in a season, in a year, I'm talking about just in like getting loose in the park. There mm -hmm. are dudes that can't go out there and just let's take it slow. We're going to say, baby, tie your shoes, baby steps. He's baby stepping himself into so much success that he's going to be better late. Now, if, if this is how his games are going, you have to assume that the whole process is going to go that way. He's going to be better in September than anybody on that White Sox staff. He, I know he already is now, but I'm saying like even after the lulls, he's going to hit a lull in September. Lull. This is the guy you want on the bump in a game seven. I'm, I'm saying this is the guy you want in a game seven bump. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, though, Kevin. I agree because he's got that fuck you mentality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to pull a Hawk Harrelson here and be like, I have no clue if this is true or not, but <laughs> off just like anecdotal evidence, I feel Carlos Rodon. So he had Tommy John in 2019. Yep. Obviously missed the rest of, I think it was like mid-May when he had it. 
uh, missed of 2019, obviously the Bridge delay shoulder. of 2020, and then he had uh, a shoulder like problem in 2020. Bad like, had, um, <laughs> and then had that like awful relief appearance uh, against Cleveland like the last week of the season. But like I always feel like you know when a pitcher has the Tommy John, like it's not the next year, so it wouldn't be 2020. It's the year after. They just become okay. good, or, and no. it's like you, and it's and it's not just like it's the year after. But I always feel like now it it's not like Tommy John in the nineties. I'm following the, you, and I agree the new with Tommy you. John yeah. is like when you get Tommy John, like after that you come out better. Well, here's like, the key: what they're doing is the, the 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 rehab that they're doing. If if you guys haven't like if you guys don't know like the structure of how they do these rehabs, everything is about balance, right? So you're going elbow, you're working elbow. They're not just working the elbow and the tendons that they're trying to get back to hundred percent. They're also working shoulder front back. They're doing core work. They're trying to make sure that everything that goes on with the body can eventually become synced with what's because again, balance is everything. And so with Tommy John surgery, which is now becoming so much industry, like more industry standard than it's, it's one of the most common. It's, it's probably more common than ACL surgery at this point. It just has a longer bounce back time. You're seeing these guys that are coming back that again, Tommy John is a result of, more off-speed stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Guess where your velo comes from? Your core and your shoulder. Right. So now all of a sudden, these guys are also working the balance of their shoulder. So they have this off time. They're not giving up bullets in their shoulder. They're rehabbing the bullets in their elbow. And all of a sudden, these guys get back on the bump and they start going. And if they properly follow through with the regiment, some guys don't. Some guys can't hold back. They have no. Cho- they have. They just can't do it. They rush. You can all of a sudden see these guys and the guys that are patient enough to let the process play out with the rehab. You see the increase in velocity. You're seeing Ch- Jason Shreve's older brother, Colby Shreve, had elbow surgery. He came back after Tommy John and went from throwing 92 to 98. Why? Because he was on the box. He was doing the, which, which was like a workout at the time, because he, he balanced out elbow trauma with everything else. And the balance, of course, created so much better strength and isolated strength in all those special areas. So that's why Rodon is, he, he, he this thing is about his off speed. This I'm not worried. If he's throwing more fastballs and changeups during a ball game, I'm not super concerned with his workload. I'm more concerned as how much, how many spinners is he throwing up there and how much can the elbow handle eventually? Cause tendons aren't muscles. And by the way, another guy speaking of Tommy John surgery and having it. And even this guy kind of later in his career and coming back stronger. And I think it's Zoe's, I think he's Zoe's favorite pitcher, Lance Lynn. Lance yep. Lynn missed all of 2016 He's come back. I think he's had like just like one rough stretch with like the twins in twenty. His new name is Mister Fuck You Fastball. Yes, yeah. I mean he's just phenomenal. You know he's throwing. If, if you can hear cussing in the bullpen, you know he's throwing. Is there, or is that him or is that Hendricks? I can't remember. Both. <laughs> Both. Are, those are guys you know they're getting loose. If they're like if they're like Jake, they're like uh, Aaron Rowan. Aaron Rowan actually, you not even send your don't send your kids to an Aaron Rowan camp without signing a waiver about cuss words because this every third word out of Aaron Rowan's mouth is fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same thing. Like uh, some of these ball players have, there's just it's just a vernacular. It's, I mean, I'm looking at right now at Lance Lynn's pitch breakdown for this year. He's thrown 44 percent four seamers, 28 percent cutters, and another 20 percent sink. He basically just throws the ball fucking hard. Yep. Yeah, makes it. Move. How many sliders or, or curves or any of those? Uh, 2.2 percent. He's thrown 17 <laughs> curveballs this year. <laughs> You, I fucking love back, that. His bounce back has to be incredible. He is he is a World Series bounce back and throw every game except one kind of guy in a seven game series because he's not he's just blasting it like he's not he's not doing it. He's not throwing off speed stuff. He's 
I love it. Unless, of course, he wakes up on the wrong side of the bed. Well, no, he is the the poster child right now for tunneling. Like, if you want to teach a young pitcher, like, how to, like, have the same release point, but Different have, pitches. yeah, like, that's, and Stone brings it up all the time when he pitches in the White Sox broadcast. That Lance tunneling, Lynn was, will, tunneling will never get, right. It will never get normal for some of us that are like 12 years old in our head, but you're correct. That's a, we call it sinking too, but yeah. well, I just go off of what Steve Stone calls it. And, and if that's a, that's a Richard Gere era kind of like, um, like, yeah, but um, yeah, you're old. Um, <laughs> he's older. That's what I'm saying. He's making a Richard Gere reference. Steve Stone's trying to connect to the kids. Kevin. But the fact though, that he's doing, Lance Lynn is doing this. While he's eating innings for the White Sox, he's been kind of a great stopper for this team. Um, and it's just, it's been really, really fun to watch. Uh, it's always my new favorite thing when he pitches is for Stone or Jason to talk about how good of a fastball hitter a guy is and then watch Lance Lynn throw three of them right down his fucking throat. And Challenge. Yeah. Like Mike Trout. That was the best one. Mike Trout's the best fastball hitter in the history of baseball. Lance Lynn, here's four fastballs. I mean, out. this this goes ah. back. This just goes back to like, I mean, yeah, like I'm sure we all love like the dirty pitches, like the sliders that fucking move yep. or the curveballs that fucking hop. But th- there's just nothing better than just like, here's my fucking best. Try to yep. hit it. You can't right down the middle. And that's Lance Lynn. And, and he's I, yelling. Ah, yeah. yeah. And I remember Lance Lynn from his Cardinals days. I obviously didn't like him that much. I was being Cubs fan, but like, that's a dude who always, and, and, and you know, the thing is, it's like with, when you think about power pitchers, like when you think of the power pitcher, you always think of like Rob some, Dibble. well, for me, you always think of like some sort of wildness. It's Eric, like, yeah, he, yeah, he throws hard, but like, you know, inconsistently consistent or consistently yes. inconsistent, which makes yeah. you never want to dig in because right. you never know where it's going. That's but like Lynn. That's Lynn is the great combination of like, yeah, he, he throws hard, but like he is throwing strikes. You don't really have to worry about a lot of walks. It's just and, and, and it's not like the guy like, I mean, like, I don't know, it, 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 you don't have to worry about like a. Like, yeah, if he leaves one over the middle, like, yeah, he'll give up his home runs just because he does throw a lot of strikes. But, like, you don't have to worry about that a lot because he's going to beat you most of the time. They should be solo shots. Fergie Jenkins. Fergie Jenkins. Yes. Fergie Jenkins. He set the major league record in the season where for most home runs in a season by a pitcher. One side on. uh, One side. Yeah. (laughs) Solo shots. Who cares? Like if you're up, if you're closing, you're up two, and you give a solo. Don't give up free passes. The fact that he has the command with that too, and I love. See, this is where you're getting some players now because baseball now has become starting pitchers to four or five, and then now you have your specialists. It's 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 actually went. I remember. I mean, I mean, this is old man yelling at cloud. I remember like ten years ago when people like were complaining that baseball became so specified that they're using relievers in the seventh, eighth, and ninth, and. Like now we're like, oh, they made it to the fifth. Hell yeah, give it to like blah blah blah. Like, oh, look at that. Because you're playing these matchups and it's exhausting. And these relievers, which I, again, I will never, uh, relievers have the best job and the worst job in professional sports, in my opinion. They have to deal with instant failure, instant success. They also have to chase a bad, if they had a bad day like a month ago, they're still chasing it two months later because their ERA is still showing whatever. So these guys go out there and they have the new game. And so when you have a guy like Hendricks that you could just throw out there and look, hey, I throw strikes. Hey, I can challenge you. And they they, they operate on balls and guts. It's A, exciting for the fans because everybody loves to close out. 
It's great for ratings. It's great for obviously other reasons because the fans, again, when, when, when guaranteed rate field is jam packed in a playoff game and you have Liam Hendricks with an O2 count or a three, two count, and he throws a fastball dead red and blows it by whatever chumps in the box to close out that game. Think about the excitement that's going to go on. And those guys, that's what they do. And then you have like guys like Chaffee in the seventh and eighth inning, guys that can kind of work around like the, the lefty righty stuff. Whereas Hendricks is just fuck you eat it or don't. And I love it. That's, that's, that's a, I love that new part about baseball. That's a, that's one of the new stuff, the new, I guess, adaptations that baseball is like kind of evolving into that I really actually do appreciate because if you have a rubber arm, you have a career. If you can have a rubber arm and bounce back, and I love relievers more than anything else because I well here that's a perfect two two quick two quick things and then we'll we'll bounce over to the Cubs because the Cubs bullpen's been lights out lately. But one Liam Hendricks get off his nuts when he comes in with bases loaded and Aaron Judge up. I mean, it sucks the result there, but like, yeah, like anomaly. Yeah, he's been playing very well. Look at his month of May. He has five saves and 10 appearances. He actually has a zero ERA because the runs aren't his that he's inheriting. And then he has 14 strikeouts to eight hits. Like, can he be better? Yes. It's May. Um, I, and then, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and then the second thing is this isn't really news. That's why we didn't really talk about it this much because it's kind of a – foregone conclusion, but it seems to be more and more official now. Uh, the White Sox are going to be getting Oscar uh, Colas, the oh, Cuban, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the sure. Cuban Otani. Uh, well, my yeah. apologies for getting your hopes up last night, Zoe, with that accidental misread. No, that's fine. Right. I, didn't, I didn't think they were going to get him just because of I know they went all in against for uh, Colas here, but he's posting pictures on his I follow him on Instagram. He's posting pictures on his Instagram, head to toe White Sox gear. Like he's yeah. not even like trying to hide it anymore. They call him the Cuban Otani. I think what we're gonna do is bring on like a James Fox or someone from Future Sox here in a couple in the next couple of weeks uh, to kind of give us some more in depth breakdown of what exactly the White Sox are getting with him. Mm-hmm. But that it for some reason that's been more in the headlines, and I don't know what's changed. I don't know if that official signing period is coming up or something. But he's all of a sudden posting stuff in White Sox gear. Uh, Hector Gomez amongst a lot of other people. I know it's not just Hector, so don't have a fucking heart attack, everybody. Uh, is still waiting on the good news. Is going to yeah, but I mean it's on MLB.com right now yeah. and all this stuff. And also take this little brief in between the Cubs and the White Sox talk. Go buy some pinwheels and Ivy merch. Buy a shirt. Buy a mug. Do you have a recommendation for some merch too? If you'd like to see something like a like a. Like yeah. Zoe riding a, a horse, a unicorn gloriously into battle. Give us those ideas, and we're, 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 we'll make them happen. That we can do that. So, you want Abd Zoe from Three Hundred standing up against all the Nick Magical haters <laughs> at the gates of Thermopylae? We'll do this. We just need a. We need. I. I just came up with an idea. I think pretty much. Zoe, I did want all to right. ask you, and then I, I did well, see this one from... more. So I want to say, and I do want to give a shout out to this week's shirt. It is Violent Gentlemen. It's not baseball at all. It's a hockey website, but they make dope ass shit. So check them out, Violent Gentlemen. Google that shit. They got really cool hockey gear, um, and I absolutely love this hoodie. So all right, should should we all be rooting for the Golden Knights. Anybody else want to throw out some podcasts? 
No, I'm just saying you send me free shit. I'll wear it. I'll show out on the show. Have you guys read? Have yeah, you guys if we get a free Tainted Glove shirt, we'll wear it. Well, I wasn't trying to plug Tainted Glove, but yeah. I was just saying, so, like, have you guys heard anything new from that sphere? Because that's that's like the before the Twitch sphere. That's like the pre-Twitch sphere. That's that's like, although you're kind of aged now because you're, you're post-Twitch. So like you're a podcast Twitch. That, that's right. You're yeah. a podcast generation. So like you're the, like I, so... Is there anything? I, I only see one person on Twitch besides Jumper uh, is a Trilly Whiskers ex Barcelona employee. Zoe, I wanted to ask you because I saw people kind of make a. I felt it was a bigger deal out of nothing, really. But the like, what was your takeaway from the Yankees series? It was just a shitty series. It was a shitty right, series like- in late May. Uh, you went into the Bronx. The slumps are going to happen. You know, the bats just didn't really show up. Jose Abreu hit a tank. We talked about Andy Vaughn, but like there, it wasn't the White Sox and it's going to happen over 162 game season. It's not like they were getting, I mean, the Saturday game, they got their fucking doors blown off, but for the most part, the pitching was fine, kept the offense in check and it's going to happen over a course of 162 game season. Does it suck that it happened against the Yankees? Yes. Because now I started getting DMs and tweets, your team shit against good teams, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> okay, cool. Like, I get it. That's fine. And that, after that, though, I was thinking on Sunday night, I'm like, you know what's going to be really telling is how they come back against the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. That's another first-place team at the time. You're welcome, Cubs. And, uh, I mean, oh, don't Cubs, worry. We took care of them two or three as well. So. I was going to say, the Cubs are doing – Damn fine on their own. The same thing last weekend. Been there. Simpsons did it. But um, <laughs> I was just like, well, we'll see how they bounce back. Because if they would have came out and lost the series or got swept by the Cardinals, then I would have been like, oh, shit. You know, like. Like, for the most part, I've always been the belief, like, um, I, I, I mean, obviously, again, baseball is a 162-game season. Uh, I think I fall more onto Kevin's so like how you finish, like how you if you're a playoff team, how you're riding into the playoffs. Yep. Um, but even then, like sometimes you just like give like you've clinched the division early and you don't really care about the last week, maybe. But um, I I don't really believe in this in like like maybe the team does care, like maybe it's like a July series, like for the Sox that say, and like maybe they're facing the Twins or something. Mm-hmm. But, like as a fan or whatever, it's like oh like show me that you're that you're good or something like, I don't really believe in the whole statement series. And like, I, I did see a few like, Oh, you know, this is like puts into perspective for the Sox. You know, you can beat up on the good teams or on the bad teams, but you know, you're, when you're facing good competition, let's be honest too. And I've talked to KB about this a ton because again, the, the Cardinals Cubs rivalry, like for example, cause I, I, I give them shit cause I hate the Cardinals. I hate them. <laughs> yeah. I hate the Mets. I hate the Mets too. Like there. And, the response is perfect. Like, and it's, it's actually typical of like their generation. Cause they played club ball against friends too. And mm-hmm. like, they played 150 games a season. It's hard to care all the time about winning and losing. You just want to compete. And you see these guys out there. So like, while fans are freaking out, like, Oh God, it's, a, it's like bears fans. I think football is different. Like when you, cause you build up a whole week and like they're, they're building up towards hating their opponent. Baseball is like, God, there's so much. It's like, Who's on the docket today? Like it's 162. All right. So who's today? Oh, good. It's Adam Wainwright. Oh, it's the Cardinals. Oh, yeah. We're, I mean, we're in St. Louis. So I guess expect blankety blank, but it's not like, oh, God. Yeah. It's July and I'm playing the fucking Cardinals. Like they're not doing that. They're like, hey, what, what are you having for dinner tonight? Like it's, and also it's, the whole you can't be good man. teams. I, if the Sox didn't beat up 
on like the Tigers and shit like that, they're not going to win their division. Like you got to play the teams on your schedule. Yeah, it's, not yeah, it's not the the fault that the fucking Twins are straight cheeks this year. It's awesome, beat, but it's not their fault. Eat the bad, split with the good. That's it. That's the that's whole, fine. That's I'm the good with that. All 162. Like you have a Baltimore team that's limping into the South Side tonight, and weather permitting, hopefully on Thursday night they get this game in with Dylan Cease, who's also been pitching very well. Uh, on, uh, and your reception. That's what happened. The other, the other thing too, though. I mean, outside of uh, what's Kevin, those reception is bad, right? Yeah, it's those. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was just me. No, it's not. It was him this time. Because uh, as we know, as those, we know, I have had some Wi-Fi troubles this 2021 baseball season. Yeah. See if I can get it up again. <laughs> the uh, no, it's you. Your makeup table is drawing some heat. The only, the only uh, Baltimore player though that's really. If, when the White Sox run into John Means. Means. I mean, that guy's been pitching really well. Yeah, I got the little, the little, like pop, the little pop-up just came up right here saying my internet connectivity is unstable. So. What's bro- is Brody on the iPad? What's going on here? It sounds, oh, yeah. like the video, it sounds like the flip phone video I have of Barry Bonds tying Hank Aaron's record on my cell phone that I still have to this day. Oh, you're frozen totally, Zoe, by the way. But I still have to this day. I have I have the video of Barry Bonds hitting the the, the the tying home run in San Diego, but it's on a flip. It's on a Motorola, like a shit ass Motorola. <laughs> I don't even know how to get it back. Like the I, Razor, the old Razors. If I can get back into my MySpace page, I think it's somewhere on my MySpace page. <laughs> but yes, this is two thousand what two thousand six two thousand six seven six. I think six. Probably six or seven oh five. We were we were coaching at a um a, a baseball at the Gabe Kapler games down in San Diego. And this is, it was like a, or it was like a, whatever it was uh, for a, at USD. And so we, the, all the coaches and all the players went to this game and it was the Barry Bonds game. So we hit the Jack in the first and we were all trying to get over there. But yeah, I, I got people yelling, Barry, and like making fun of him for steroids. And the minute he hits the Jack, same dudes are like, this is the best moment of my life. So they were insulting him. And then once he hit the Jack, it was the best moment they've ever seen. 25, including me, males on the, on the uh, concourse calling their fathers to talk about the moment they just watched, which was really cool. But uh, that's it's, it's trying to find the MySpace page, I think. But how do you like pull from a flip phone? I still have the flip phone. It's in a, a cigar box back there. I never threw it away. But to answer the question in the to chat, your laptop? is there a way? I, uh, to, it's the it's the circle it's the circle jack. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's how old this is. This is. <laughs> Whoa, e- I, yeah. I was gonna say email, but I think the file is too big. <laughs> it's, it's it's somewhere on. It's on MySpace somewhere. Like, if, <laughs> like I have posted it on some sort of social platform. I just have to really dig into my digital history, I guess, which is going to be creepy. Because, like, <laughs> by the way, podcast listeners, you haven't heard Zoe because he is still struggling with the Wi-Fi. Yep. No clue what happened. We should all now shame him like we did Aldo last week. And Zoe, I mean, we can. I guess yours, is, yours is clear, Aldo. By the way, so you you obviously have been settled. Your background, your background even looks sharp too. Like I've the, made some changes. Green screen looks really good too. I think we should change. Here we go. Zoe's yep. replacement. Yep. <laughs> so we're gonna go right to. <laughs> since Zoe's out for a second, we're gonna go. I right mean, this to, is a perfect time to switch over the Cubs. Uh, he always he always cuts us off early anyway because like, and that'll be we. Zoe, we talked about the Cubs for four minutes. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get seven minutes of Cubs stuff. Tonight. Let's get to it, Kevin. All right. So bullpen. Let's talk about the bullpen first off. I mean, I, I we can't we can't gloat enough about first off. Andrew Chafin is obviously a god. Not the god, but a god. There you go. That's better. There he is. Grandpa's back. God damn it. We're talking about the hottest uh, team in baseball now. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, that's that's right. And to to answer uh, Yomper's question, yes, I do have Comcast, but I just 
pulled some maneuvers to get around that right now. So I mean, it, it seemed like it was game. <laughs> oh wait, never mind. Sorry. Yeah. Um. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Hank. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Hank. Uh, by the way, uh, Mailman Jack, if you're still in the chat, I know he was afraid um, that his wife was um, a little bit attracted to Hank. So one of those mail ma- mailman route attractiveness things. Where there's where probably like six people that know what you're talking about. So what are you guys talking about with the Cubs right now? Bullpen. Here we go. Let's start out with Chafin. Yep. And here's talk, the stat they need to know. Everybody get it done. Here's the set they need to know. So after Thursday's win, uh, sweeping yep. the Pirates, and again, just like the Sox, you got to beat the shitty teams and then, you know, be competitive against everybody else if you're going to win. The Fight. Cubs bullpen. The Cardinals. <laughs> that's, that's right, the shitty Cardinals. Uh, anyway, the the Cubs bullpen, the month of May, absolutely fucking, like, fabulous, amazing. This is what they've done in the last 34 and two-thirds innings. They have not allowed an earned run. Unbelievable, and that's everybody. That's not. That's not just Kimbrel. That's not just Chafin. Because I know is Rizzo included in that? And is uh, that little blowout game included? Maybe. <laughs> Here's the best part: if you include that blowout game and you take, a, I mean, well, you can't actually take out Rizzo because he actually did good. But you take out that game too. That was a big. That was like one of those give up games too. Oh, um, no, no, and like the Cubs bullpen. I think we talked about it at the end of April. You know, obviously the Cubs had a losing month. Um, and you know, we've talked about how the bullpen led, like they were top five, I think in strikeout percentage, but they were like number one in walk percentage. They finally stopped walking guys. That was it. <laughs> well, except for one guy, Dan Winkler, but Hey, even Dan Winkler, Hey, mm-hmm. Dan Winkler. And I, I haven't tweeted about him in a while, but like I, I was about that's to Fonzie. That's a Fonzie tweet. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Oh, oh. What, 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 what? I just, I haven't heard that name in a while. I just want to see something. Yeah, that's the, dude, that's the dude with the goofy-ass baseball card on MLB The Show that every time he pops up, I'm like, Jesus, dude, take a better Dan picture. Winkler. Okay, yeah. so the Cubs yeah, got Dan Winkler. Fonzie out every time he blows this, like something. So the Cubs got Dan Winkler uh, for the 2020 season in MLB The Show 20. He has automatically made your closer. And, uh, and I thought heading into the season – I was like, all right, Dan Winkler, he's he's gonna be fucking great, right? He's like 88 overall in MLB the show. Like he must be kind of good. He was like Tyler Chatwood 2.0. And he still kind of is. But but he has like a zero point, he has like a 0.60 ERA or something. (laughs) (laughs) You guys know uh, Zoe just put the picture of uh, Dan Winkler up on the screen, and it does look like unless he was had a blue skin, he does look like one of if you've, if you've seen um, the third episode of the Hobbit uh, film series, uh, one one of the one of the, he looks like he's about to basically try to take away the. Um, <sighs> but shout out! But oh. shout out again! Obviously, shout out to Craig Kimbrell who absolutely fucking Dude, fantastic, unreal. Andrew Chafin, by the way, Husky Bardo, if you want to trade me, Craig Kimbrell, Craig Kimbrell, he's on your bench. You can do that. Um, I'm out with Justin Steele, but still, we'll get him back fine. He'll Justin Steele has been fabulous. Sucks that he had that hamstring injury. Fucking hate pitchers having to bat. Um, Coming back though, Keegan Thompson is Woo! one of Woo! one of like two pitchers who still hasn't allowed an earned run with at least like ten innings pitched. He's been fucking phenomenal. Fantastic. Um, and then there is some weird stuff going on. I have no clue. Like Dylan Maples. Has pitched like twice in May. Rex Brothers hasn't pitched like since May 9th, which is again, they've been doing good, but like I'm kind of glad because those guys Rex, are kind of scary. Rex, Rex is yeah. a, 
roller coaster of yeah he's a glass case of emotion really when he's on the bump because he either he either gets it done and it's great or he like he self-destructs to the point where you're like dear god i and he's not that bad he's really not it's just but, right stuff. oh and then uh obviously ryan tapera who got the save on thursday i mean he's been he's been great too lately the entire bullpen i mean again 34 and two-thirds innings pitched in a row without giving up a run uh, phenomenal, and obviously you need that nowadays because you know the Cubs starting pitching. Besides a couple of guys, I mean, not even a couple of guys. I think Alzale was one of the first guys on Saturday who went seven innings. Uh, I think you know Hendricks on Thursday gave uh, three solo home runs, um, but I mean for the most part he looked good. He went seven innings, but a lot of it is a lot of five inning starts. Oh, wow. God damn it! So who's the- <laughs> you're freaking me out with Dan Winkler's pitch? Jeez, he, so- um, but, but the but the starting rotation is a lot of just like you're hoping for five, maybe six good innings, and then right now David Ross is just turning it over to the bullpen. And I saw this, uh, I saw this tweet, and again, it's I mean, yeah, I know, I know, it's we're not in June yet, we're barely like what maybe a third of the season in. Mm-hmm. We have no clue what this team is going to look like after the trade deadline. We don't know what it's going to look like in September, but. The bullpen as it's constructed now, and that's with Justin Steele on the IL. So when you get him back, it's going to get even better. You have the makings of a bullpen that normally makes deep runs in the playoffs. So that's encouraging because at the beginning of the season, it didn't look like that. Can I piggyback on that too to remind all of you Cubs fan listeners that last night, Burl Caraway faced five batters and struck out four. That's your guy. Decent. So he is literally been unhittable. So that's 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 a another mature, very quick aged guy that is possibly going to find himself up in September. For those of you watching us live on Thursday night, White Sox money line odds are fucking cheeks, so it's not even worth it. So well, I went fine. I went White Sox money lines like minus two twenty. I uh one and a half, and I think it was like I don't know. I have to look again, but I took Dylan Cease over strikeouts, and I took Yohan Moncada to hit home run because it's his birthday. And can you share the screen? We could we get some because I can't. I'm not allowed to access that in Vegas. It's illegal. <laughs> and by the way, what we, are the other props? What well, we got? Some props. What's some props? It's the Orioles. I think the White Sox are going to win by like eight. So if you can, I'll, I will differ with Joe on this. If you can get run line, take the run line. If you can actually, if, again, so I can do this on the, uh, you get the uh, the props or whatever. If you can get a three-run White Sox win or a three point, three point three uh, plus three five, take it. They're going to win by four or more. Well, the Sox over four and a half team total runs is minus one twenty-five. Mm. Yeah, see the the it's just the uh, the parlay Vegas, Vegas yeah Vegas. Who's Vegas. who's starting for the uh, Orioles? Not gonna not gonna work here anymore. Uh, minus one and a half White Sox is minus one fifteen. Parlay those if you could parlay those. Put put three of those in with the same bet and just take your winnings. You don't have to win a hundred billion dollars. You could just win twenty five on a ten. Like right. And then this is the other thing though. It gonna rain. Uh, so, so how do your books do? Because our books go if you go seven, that's it. Like you still win. I believe it's seven. I'm not sure though. I'd have to look. Regular game is five. Like. I think the books the books pay out at seven. It's Sorry, Con- continue with the. Co- I just want to get that in before the game started. I would, I would, I would. Who's also what? What are the odds for a Nick? What's tonight's odds for a Nick Madrigal home run? Just, just, just to hear it. Um, 
Hold on a second. And compare those with Vaughn. Oh, yeah, just points bet. By the way, promo code Pin Mills. Uh, points mm-hmm. bet. Um, just points bet still have those wacky, for whatever reason, Nick Madrigal has like, no. better odds than Andrew Vaughn for own. Um, let's see. Neither of which are listed here. So let me Ooh. go to another website, another app. You know why Nick Magical? Right, the rain because the weather. They're probably not. They're probably not going to throw it out there because it's rainy, and they're not. They're worried about undervaluing someone that might hit a home run in the rain. They they need to because like, they're afraid like if they say, oh, it's not going to. It's raining. You're not going to hit a homer. Uh, Vaughn is plus four hundred to hit a home run. Magical's plus sixteen hundred. Mm, so did they change the? <laughs> what is Harley Dimbo? No, <laughs> back to no. Oh, yes, my Grandel's plus. 290. He's in the two hole tonight. If it's raining, but, I'd bet no homers tonight. If it's raining, I'd bet no homers. Yeah, that's why I got Cease over strikeouts. But go speaking ahead. Of, Sorry, guys. Go ahead. Go I ahead, mean, speaking guys. of home run prop bets, I did. I did it. So didn't get it in time. But no, you call Chris Bryant. Called Chris Bryant. Hit a home run against against his one of his sons, Tyler Can't Anderson. Confirm. Can confirm. Ooh, he, um, has more, he has more home runs this year in Major League Baseball than he had in high school when Tyler actually intentionally dosed KB in one of our games. Just a sorry side note. Um, they played with each other since high school. <laughs> wait. Anyway. It, wait. I know that Chris like doesn't like dig anything like that. Hate, but, but was he was he like mad? Who? KB. Dosed. When he got hit, yeah. He hit on purpose, yeah, because he left. He was supposed to go to Spring Valley, and Nick left Spring Valley, and. That's where Tyler played. So Tyler's coach told him to dose him. Chase is good friends with Tyler, so it's even funnier that. No, I mean, there's there's not a lot of love lost there. Apparently, (laughs) many adults that were alive when it happened. I guess. (laughs) I mean, uh, KB owns Tyler Anderson. He's like in the show. In the show, yeah, in the show. We saw Tyler. We saw Tyler every time we saw Spring Valley when they were young, growing up. So. Like Chris Bryant, still a fucking beast. Cubs, please sign some extension. Um, go get go get Tyler Anderson. He's a good starter. If if there's a starter issue for a trade or a bullpen guy, that's another. Yeah, pull, pull off another pull off another Kenny Lofton, Aramis Ramirez trade from 03. Do that. Get Tyler Anderson in the rotation. Go get um, go get treat. Uh, by the way, uh, Zoe, when you brought up the AAA numbers earlier, it made sense because Patrick Wisdom was called up because uh, of all the uh, Cubs injuries, and he made a start today. MVP. And, uh, and uh, they – so minor league season started in May, and here we had like three home runs in the first three weeks, and that made sense because mm-hmm. <laughs> the fucking ball is juice. But he was able to do it in the show, hit his first home run for the Cubs, had a double yeah, two. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. When I saw that pop up when I was checking the score, I was like, who? There's <laughs> like that uh soldier boy me. Yeah, now it's, not, no now it's yeah, no, now it's great because now whenever we see Patrick Wisdom, we can always say, you know, Cubs legend Patrick Wisdom. Yes. Um, but I mean Hendricks so Hendricks did give us like the three home runs. But I mean he he was fucking cruising most of the time. But there was I at no point was I like, oh fuck, here comes Hendricks again. But he He's gave fine. up jacks today and he gave up three solo jacks. Mm-hmm. Don't walk people. Give up the solo jacks. Mistakes are mistakes. They don't hurt as bad. When your offense could put up four, three solo jacks means nothing. Like that's the best part of what Kyle, that's why that's when Kyle Hendricks is good too. Because that's what he doesn't do. He doesn't give up free passes. And this earlier in the season, he was giving up free passes. Then someone would just walk. I mean, these guys are professional strength meat, like beef floats. Like they're fine. <sighs> Hit a soft 85 mile an hour hanger. Done. So now when you make those mistakes, it's 
that's what he's always been though. Like, and that's good. That's today was actually a really good one too. I, I did well early. I mean, I mean, we might as well get to it now. The Pittsburgh Pirates being the Pirates. I mean, <laughs> most of the when when you get the okay, just just think of this though. In the year two thousand twenty-one, on Twitter, this was trending. The phrase "there were two outs." That was trending because Dude. the Pittsburgh Pirates. The last time this would have trended would be the time that what's his name thought that the game was over and he handed the ball to the fan. And this was like back in like the early nineties, right? What's his name in in LA that handed the ball to the fan on the sack fly? I mean, that's happened a lot of times. I forget like, out. This is never trying. <laughs> this is social like- media, though. Like I'm saying, it's been a long time since someone made something this boneheaded. Where you're like, bro, two outs. I mean, just, go just step it, on Kevin. first. Just, just step, step on first. first. <laughs> just step, yeah, <laughs> literally just moonwalk back to first base. Very well. I mean, a hand. Uh, uh, you know. You gotta give it. You gotta give it up for his team, Tyler Anderson, who pitched. He pitched pretty well. He, he got screwed over those two runs that he gave up there with the bias play, and then like oh the a bloop base hit after that. Uh, but after the game, he was like, "Yeah, no, like there was eight other guys standing on the field. We should have all been yelling first base. Nobody did. It was quiet. The manager, the manager was like, it's on me. No clue. I, I guess <laughs> like like hey." Good job for standing up for your guy, but like Will Craig, I now know who Will Craig is because of this play. Yeah. You know, and here's the thing too: like, hey, great job by the way, by the entire like Pirates. This is an embarrassing today was embarrassing. Like that was an embarrassed. That's <laughs> that's I, I can honestly say it's one of the worst Major League Baseball plays I've ever seen because it of what it what how easy it could have just been handled. Like he he caught the baseball six inches from full place. Like he caught the ball. He, all you had to do is actually just do a toe tap back and the inning's over. For some reason, Craig. I'm watching it again as you guys are describing it. Craig, just- Craig thought the guy at the plate mattered for some reason. So he had a bad throw and he came forward thinking, oh, I'll just tag Javi. Well, Javi didn't come out of the box hot. Javi was like, ah, shit, routine ground ball to third. Third baseman makes a little bit, throw a little bit, you know, you know, left side of the bag. And Javi was, and then Javi, credit to Javi on this part. Okay. Cause again, there's high eye baseball IQ and there's just being the smartest idiot in the room. And in this case, Javi didn't hustle, which makes him part of the problem. But at the same time, when Javi saw that he was dealing with someone that was his mark. Oh boy. Javi starts dancing and yeah, Craig comes in and all, all you have to do again, the run scores it hot. The run could have scored. He could have taken like a 10 minute stroll, maybe done some jumping jacks. He could have this made such a stupid fucking play. And, and, and guess what? <laughs> If the runner is tagged, he's out. And the runner doesn't matter no matter what he did at the plate. And here's the worst part. Now, let's not blame just Craig. And this is why I think I wanted to talk about this is this was a textbook play for coaches to teach being in a spot at all times when it's time for your opportunity. So if you guys are watching this right now, it's a it's a ground ball third. No problem. Inside of the bag. Okay. And fine. Like, But then when, the minute Javi turns around and, and starts jogging, Big guy, big guy Craig put a dog in it, too. He dragged ass. You watch him how he trots, right? Well, again, look at the right fielder. Look at the second baseman. Rewind that real quick. Go back and look at the right fielder and the second baseman when this is all happening. Because just a reminder. That this is the second baseman. This is the right fielder. And and this is all after this play has happened, right? We've, we've got dancing and, and monkey business around the plate area. So how many seconds is that? Like, what, three or four seconds? And yep. they're just chilling out, just not paying attention. The right fielder's job on a ground ball to third is to break to the right field line, get to the baseball cut on the dirt and the grass, and then decide where to read the baseball. 
He's nowhere near that. He's hanging out and just picking his butt. And this is the problem is he could have seen this immediately and gone and just hover over the bag just in case. Nobody's there. Second baseman. Immediately you know that the throw across a diamond is happening. You break towards, again, right field line. If you are a middle infielder, second baseman, or a right fielder, when there is a play at third, you break. <laughs> Look at where this throw was, too. <laughs> Terrible and, throw. And, and, then, and, and here's the worst part is that he could have gone inside like a normal catcher does on a pitch that's in the dirt, given him one or two more steps, or made a better throw. Instead, he makes a panic. Look, where are we throwing it from? Too? <laughs> he's throwing it across him instead of getting – Again, it's just, there's so much bad baseball Honestly, on, okay. in this entire like circus. It's it's horrible. The base running's bad. Other than Wilson Contreras breaking on instant contact on two outs with a ground ball to third, <laughs> he's fine. Again, then this, <laughs> this, this is my favorite part of the whole play. My favorite part of the whole play is when this this the shortstop covering second base. It's just like just like fuck this. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like bah. Is that the shortstop? Because wait, wait, who is that at second base right now? I That's think it's the shortstop. shortstop. Is it? Yeah. I think so. hundred percent? No, I, 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 think so. I don't know. Cause that glove looks really large. That's all I was saying. That glove looks uh, really maybe Wait, where's everybody? Like, where? Like, I, I'm. I mean, that's be, I mean, that's the there's like number sixteen right here at second. Who's it? Is there number sixteen on the pirate? I don't know, but this I looks like the third so. baseman. This looks like this shortstop. I mean, no, that's Rizzo. Rizzo's having time of his life over there. <laughs> Look at that smile. When you He's watch just, another team self-destruct like that, it's maybe the most entertaining thing a dugout can possibly find because they're like, "Yeah, good job, idiot. You just got bailed out." Like, it's it's perfect because sometimes you you fuck up, and you know, Harvey didn't fuck up, fuck up. I mean, how did the Bryce didn't fuck up at all? The only person no, no, he fucked up, up by not running out of the box, but he also fucked up by giving the safe sign and yeah, hanging. Wait, 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 ready? It was right here where he realized <laughs> I done no. fucked up. Go forward, go forward. Guess, guess who's giving the safe sign in front of the plate, out of the runner's lane? When the plate, ready, and you're called safe. Wait, there it is. Safe? Hey, if you knew that first, Hilarious. if you knew that all you had to do is get to first base in the situation, and then that you're safe. If you know this for real, A, you're breaking the second the first baseman lets the ball leave his hand just like a rundown, and you're breaking towards first while the stuff at the plate unveils. You're, Javi had no idea. Nobody had any idea. Nobody. Uh, no way. It was hilarious. It's, which makes it one of the funniest baseball plays. Like the, the Benny Hill theme is fantastic. I'm not mad at Javi. I'm not, again, let's be real on this. Uh, just, but to call it a high baseball IQ play, no, no, no. That's just one yeah. of the lowest IQ baseball IQ plays like we've I seen was... on film. Ever like it's I was rolling my eyes pretty hard at the ESPN and MLB accounts and shit being like the magic of Javi Baez. Like, I guess illusion. Like, like, like the nope. thing about that it's is though, for cash. like the thing about that is though, like I know I agree because like I mean Baez didn't even know what the hell was going on. Um, this happens like every couple of months. I have no clue why when Javier Baez like does something on the base pass, baseball players just don't. They forget that they're playing baseball. They have no clue because this has happened like previous times where like, like they'll just be like a rundown and somehow he's just like safe. <laughs> like, I'm hard on him like a ton, but there has to be like a Javi Baez algorithm like equation that like factors into. <laughs> What is this guy going to do? Like, is he going to, so that it's a weird thing, which is not great for like winning teams, by the way, it's great for entertainment, but it's not a great thing for, for, for winning ball games. This, this goes over well with the pirates. The Dodgers aren't going to make this kind of mistake in a playoff game. So in my sense, here's me as a coach going, 
at least now he made the mistake. He learned as a base runner. We know, read the throw. You know how many outs. And as a defender now, a lot of coaches across the country are getting to teach their kids going, hey, guys, A, know the outs. B, understand, look, no matter what Javi Baez does here, and no matter what that runner does, if Javi Baez is either tagged or first base is tagged before he reaches first, just up at first, the rest, all the rec, all the rest of the circus is just that was around. Like it, that was the most hilarious thing ever. So bad. And the, <laughs> you're, you're you're absolutely happened. right, though. Kevin. That was a little league double. Like that was like the ultimate little league double. If it's you're crazy. if you're a little league coach or you have a son or daughter that's in little league baseball right now, and you are not using that as a teaching moment, fail. <laughs> You're fucking up. Yep. You're I think it I think harder. Zo, Zo, I think it was your cousin Jay. He tweeted out. He's like, it's good to know that even like as a softball coach, uh, you know, even professionals fuck up sometimes. Yep. Well, Jay's uh, softball, Jay, right? I think he said yeah, so. Jay's daughter is like into softball. She's been working her ass off, and God bless her for it. And so Jay's gotten into softball, big deal, and. Oh, here yeah, we go. Here we go. Yeah. This is what he said. As a Cubs fan, this is amazing. As a softball coach, it's reassuring to know that even the pros forget to just take the simple out at first sometimes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you this, though, and I told you guys this in the chat. In that locker room in Pittsburgh right now, 100% of that locker room is so excited that Major League Baseball, Fox News, ESPN, the big boys, all the big, like the big social media accounts are all tweeting El Magic instead of. El Dumbo, like, th- like, yeah, they are so happy. Like, it's getting mad. Like, I, that, I, that actual locker room is like, thank God. No, no, no. I mean, yes, so yes, happy. and no, because again, but the real there the, were two uh, outs was trending, so uh, everyone was shitting on the pirates too. Mm-hmm. As much as, but as the, much the, as there was like El Mayo magic, it was like the pirates are a fucking triple A team. Like, uh, I think what a tweet was they went viral was you know. It was like Will Craig will never make this mistake when he gets uh, when he gets promoted to a major league team. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, well, yeah. The, see, mm-hmm. that's uh, even that's even funnier. But hey, I mean, it was good. We we talked about it, though. It's a fundamental thing, right? So, and again, Javi Javi did what Javi does, which is create havoc. And, it's and havoc. you know what? He goes. It's havoc. And the guy who deserves the most credit is Wilson Contreras because even before that, he was on first base. Yes. Yes. He had the smartest base running of the whole play. That's the thing. He was the only intelligent person in the equation. No, no, because even even before before just the ground out and Will Craig just forgetting how to play baseball, uh, he was on first base and there was a pickoff attempt and uh, he just took off to second base. And like the, the first Will Craig again, like either couldn't get a handle on the ball or didn't feel comfortable with the throwing angle. He didn't throw to second base. And that's the only reason Contreras was even at second base for the ground ball. Yep. So that was, he did a hobby bias of just like, just <laughs> oh. baseball. People, people just forget how to play baseball. But that, that, and that's, you know, and which is crazy. Cause I mean, you think it shouldn't happen at the major league level. And that's again, I'm, I'm watching this game in Vegas and although you're in Arizona, so you're watching this too at like 10, this is like eleven for you. It's like eleven a.m. It's coffee, like, coffee, and coffee and baseball. This is fantastic. And I'm it's ten a.m. here. I'm like I'm not. I'm too. I'm like I'm barely just shaking the sleepy sand out. I'm trying to figure it out here in the first day of my summer vacation now. And uh, wait, what just wait? What happened? And I'm like, or you're watching it, and you're like, okay, something, something, something's up. like because the play it takes that whole play took so much time to like process. Like we're still processing it right now. Like we're talking about like the right fielder not being where he's supposed to be. Like there was so much wrong with that, <laughs> that it's again, we talk about the right place, right time. It's the Cubs. 
thank goodness. We'll take the win. And now the Cubs move into a new series after a crazy, a crazy little bit uh, with Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. And now you move into a, uh, you know, a new series with now, what are we at? The, uh, this, uh, the Reds. it's the Reds, right? The most yep. inconsistent team in baseball. Most inconsistent. team. So, so we're going from just, here they are. These are the, this is the team that picked up a bunch of players hoping they'd pan out so they could then trade them at the trade deadline, which is Pittsburgh. And then we move into now the Reds, who are the team that has, again, so can I mute the name Castellanos all weekend? I don't care what he does. I just would rather not have Cub fans like still pining over their ex-girlfriend two years after they broke up. Like it's It's been a while. It's time to move on, Cub fans. And at this point, how about you focus on the people that need to be signed, which are the Honestly, at this point, I think a, a three-year deal for all three would be a great. I, I think that would be a really good kind of weird optic compromise. Does that make Disagree. sense? Give KB all the money once all the years. I'm trying to be nice and just give no. to other guys. I'm no, just, it's okay. Yeah. Chris okay. Bryant. Let me tell you, God damn it. But, but no, it's fine. Give Chris, give, for all give Chris Bryant all the money that you're going to give Rizzo. Give all the money you're going to give Bias. Just Keep Chris Bryant. How good was he hitting the ball the other way today, too? God. Oh, no, he's been fantastic. But the other thing I wanted to bring up, so there is it. I mean, there's that stupid play. Uh, there is the Patrick Wisdom on his first home run. He was hit by pitch, and then the Pirates challenged it, got the call <laughs> overturned, and like three pitches later, he hit a home run, which turned out to be the difference because it was four to three or five to three at the end. They did get an insurance run, but it was huge until the ninth inning. Um, and then the other thing, by the way, that is the ultimate example of like, I don't know if you guys have heard this. It's kind of a stop tripping over your own. You know what I'm talking about? That, the pirates that, tripped over their own. Right that, that also reminded me, I think it was last season or 2019. Or I think it's 2019. Marcelo Zuna was hit by a pitch. The umpire didn't call it, but it was pretty obvious that he got hit by a pitch with the bases loaded. He's like, no, 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 it didn't hit me. So nothing was called. Next pitch, double play. Like that's so like this was like the the inverse of that. It happened um, that what your example happens more often than the guy that hits the homer. By the way, I've seen high school. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, did you get hit? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, bro, three two. Well, I wanted to switch. Yeah, and how'd that go? <laughs> <laughs> but, but the other thing that went viral for the Cubs game on Thursday: naked man behind oh, first base naked, or third base. I guess apparently naked K Fids, which is now a beer line. <laughs> Twitter. Um, uh, that would be Bruhan Luke gave a beer review because I put a face on my own naked body. Well, his naked body, but and he gave a full beer review, a 108 beer review. They just put the tarp on on the south side. No, what does that have to do with my ball beer? No, to what, Kevin? That's what it has to do. Well, but Tom Paints, Tom Paints, who is legendary and glorious and the most fantastic like social media, like baseball artist I've scene uh created a beer logo for a k-fids lager which is yeah it's pretty much me naked so and i think i'm hugging a bear so we're gonna have to make a lager i do have to ask you both of you gentlemen would you guys ever go shirt off at a game yeah probably probably was that a probably the probably a couple beers in feeling a little nice we'll see how june 4th goes Zo, is that a definite no? I'm not a big tarp off guy. Ne- never. No, no circumstance. 
I mean, when I'm swimming and shit. But what like, if it's like, no, 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 like just specifically at the game, like this guy. I was at the Sox game where it was like 107 degrees on the field level, <laughs> and I was sitting front row, and Mark Burley was literally spraying me with a hose, and I still had my shirt on. <laughs> all right, all right. So, so I'll, I will say this. Like, you buy me enough beers, and if it's going to help the team win, the home team. So I'll just say if it helps the home team, I'm just trying to. I don't know a scenario in any universe where you taking your shirt off would help the home team. It distracts the hitter. It distracts the hitter. Well, you're not too sure about the magic. Okay. Cause see, there's just as much magic with Javi scoring. My shirt off at a game. I'm pretty sure that a walk would turn into an inside the park home run. So that's what happens when body starts slapping. By the way, back to the Cubs and their series against the – so the Reds are – the Reds, again, like you said, so, like, very inconsistent. One week they have, like, the best offensive baseball. Yep, next week correct, getting, by the way. Next mm-hmm. week they're getting, like, shut out. Um, but, like, it does – I mean, they're – you still consider – they have a lot of talent on that team. And this starts that stretch off where, like, after them it's the Padres. And then, like, after that it's just, like, the Cubs are facing all these really good teams. So, through the All-Star break. So, again – Nice role that they've been on. I think it's been like a couple weeks now. They've won all these. They they started horribly on the road, but I think they've now won three series on the road uh, in a row. Historically bad offense, and now arguably the best offense yeah. in league like baseball with a bullpen. That's um, it does suck that that the Nico Horner injury that really that really that sucks. Sucked. Yeah, because he. I mean, you can just tell he's he is a difference maker. Um, not just defensively, but at the plate, everything that he was doing, that fucking sucked. Um, and again, hamstring injuries, they're fucking tricky. You don't know. Uh, it could be a couple weeks. It could be like a month, month and a half. We don't, we don't know. He's on the 10 day injury list right now. Um, I mean, the Cubs have guys again, Zoe, you looked at it, Patrick wisdom. Who the hell is that? There's another guy like Rafael Ortega. Honestly, didn't know much about him. He was in the lineup yesterday. I, I didn't honestly didn't know much about him. No. <laughs> um, there's him. And again, the Cubs also have Jake Marisnik, who was fucking fantastic filling in the outfield. Uh, Jason Hayward's been on the injured list. And they just signed uh, D. Strange Gordon. Yes. And then they, because of the Horner injury, obviously they just, my need, profile. they just need someone uh, who, someone else who can play in the infield. So they did sign uh, D. Strange uh, Gordon, who. I, again, the, going back to like the Copic thing and the bereavement, I, I, when I first saw the name, I'm like, is this some sort of a joke? But he did change his name in honor of his uh, late mother. So, mm-hmm. you know, all respect to D on that's that why, one. That's why I threw the strange in there because respect. Yeah. He's, yeah. Fast, he's fast as hell. Uh, yeah, no, he's fast. Like, again, it's not a guy he, I want starting. He could become uh, the Cubs equivalent to Billy Hamilton. Hamilton, yeah. But I again, feel like, I feel I like he's been in the league for like that, 15 years. Feel that the same way to Aldo. Like the minute they signed him, we were like, that's kind of like the Billy Hamilton. Cause Billy Hamilton's not an everyday guy. He's fast as shit. He's a good vet. And he's yes. got such great speed that he makes things. Fast like, as fuck boy. Yeah. If he's strictly, if he's, <laughs> if he's strictly like a bench player, maybe getting like one start a week. Cause like the, the guy. <laughs> Sorry. Like, 
That's one of my things it's ever. A, it's a TikTok noise. It's one of it's the best sound, TikTok noise. It's ever. a sound people use, and it's usually a video of like a fat kid running or something. But it's, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a kid dog. going, "I'm fast as fuck, boy. I'm fast as fuck, boy." I'm sorry. It's just it's stuck in my head. I apologize. That was terrible. But I've only, straight, I've only I've only seen those videos with dogs. D. Strange Gordon has been in Major League Baseball since 2011. I feel like he's been in the league for 50 years. Yeah, and I, but again, like like you said, Kevin, like it it is kind of like a Billy Hamilton type. But like again, like what Sox fans are experiencing now, except for his fan club, it's a guy who you want on your bench, uh, maybe mm-hmm. starting one time, maybe two, but you don't want him starting like half the time in a week. Um, they've had Matt Duffy; he's been banged up. Uh, so he's he was on the I, he's on IL right now, and that's like a guy that like I would prefer getting starts rather than D Strange Gordon. Um, but yeah, no, the, the Nico injury does that one fucking hurt. Ah, uh, because uh, just he just does so much for you. Again, if it's just like defensive line, he's here like in the week he made like two game changing plays at second base. He's so fucking good there. Uh, him and Baez up the middle, and like Baez has like breaking you know, moves. <gasps> Shohei Otani has been scratched from his start for the Angels tonight. Patrick Sandoval will start instead. It's nothing injury-related for Otani, and Joe Madden is going to be addressing the media shortly. Uh, okay. And then Trevor Story also got pulled from the Rockies yeah. game on injury-related. People were tweeting the hug watch. So I don't know. Maybe shit's about to go down, but – We'll see. We shall now, see. Well, Otani, what could be wrong with him? That's weird. Um, but, I mean, well, yeah. Oh, Otani, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just heard I'm, that, Kevin. I'm not going to – I'm not going to say it, but what he's done also pitching is getting close to, like – is he one of the best players in the league? Oh, he's okay. MVP. Is he? I, I, I think so. Boy, still fast as fuck, boy. Come get the. That's terrible audio. Oh wait, here. It. Here we go. One of fuck. our one of our commenters, Alex, again, told me to, <laughs> told me to go check out Dallas Braden. He said. So I have on good authority that Otani had trouble getting to the ballpark from San Francisco and has been scratched from his start. Sandoval will start in his place. So it sounds like a logistical error. He's kind of Otani. Maybe he partied up in San Francisco. Who yeah. doesn't? Who hasn't done that? If you can raise your hand, then you don't know what that allure is. But San Francisco <laughs> is a great place to party. So. But yeah, I mean, Trevor Sto- Trevor Story getting traded makes a lot more sense to me than Otani. Like, you don't trade Otani. Like, that'd be the dumbest thing in the world. So, would you do it now, Trevor Story for Tim Anderson? Go. Are we going to have this conversation about Otani though? Too is is Otani like? I'd have to look. Maybe the most personal. I mean, again, I hate to say this because Chris is playing so many positions, but it's like Otani. It, this is a guy that's pitching a little. He's not pitching that much. No, he's starting every. He's in a straight rotation, dude. He's yeah, every he's five. He's the taking rotation. the ball every five games. We're talking about someone that is literally, bro, the best pitcher hitter since Babe Ruth, Anthony Rizzo, Anthony Rizzo, but Babe Ruth as well. Both are <laughs> correct answers. And he's better than Babe Ruth. Holy hell, like he's so good. No, no, no. His, his pitching, he he does. He's not going like deep in games. He's not going like eight, nine, or like seven, eight, nine innings. But he's like he has a sub three ERA. I think. 
Dude, he has a 2.37 ERA <laughs> in six games pitched right now. He has. We're talking about changing the game. There you go. Yeah, that flies. He has 45 strikeouts already. Opponents are hitting 154 against him. Now imagine and, if Otani was on a National League team that actually has the DH or doesn't have the DHC. So here, here's what we're talking about: is players that actually Otani is proving that you can actually be a pitcher and still hit. You can be an athlete and a pitcher because a lot of pitchers. Okay, are we going to talk about one-offs? Like Tom Brady. Tom Brady's proving that you can be drafted a hundred and whatever and be the best quarterback of all time. Like but I'm just saying that you can actually be really good at both, and it, you shouldn't just. And, and that's fine. It just doesn't happen often. I mean, he already has 15 home runs, dude. It only happened once. Like it's, it's happening right now. That's I'm saying. It's inspiring other players in the future to say, "Coach, and I'm not a Rizzo." I can be, I can do both. And yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of POs, but it's only for the kids that like are totally POs. The guy who gave up the home run to Mercedes. Yeah. I was wrong, by the way. I thought Gio I, in high school would have been like a shortstop or like he was a PO in high school. Lucas mm-hmm. Gio was just, just a PO, but Flaherty wasn't. Flaherty was right. Flaherty was right. Taking the tarp off. Let's go. Here, Here we go. go. And by the way, another reminder that the Cubs were one of the finalists to sign Otani. That oh, sucks. Don't just say that stuff. It sucks that he. It it's sucks that he ended up on the Angels for the same reason that it sucks that Mike Trout is on the Angels. Mm-hmm. No one watches Angels games. They suck. And I saw a tweet, and I've never seen a more accurate baseball tweet. And it said something like, "How come I wake up in the morning and see a headline? Mike Trout hit 52 home runs, and Otani <laughs> did something for the first time ever in the history of baseball, and the Angels lost." 12 to four and you're just like because <laughs> they live in maui because they have because they have no pitching that's why i brought it up earlier when like living in maui means i can play every day as a pro baseball player and never win a world series and walk out and see that sunset every day like that's the only thing i could think of because if i'm again if i'm trout i'm like i'm done with this like i can't do this like dallas keiko from mike trout straight up probably not Who i mean i'm not? pretty sure I don't think Jerry can afford it. Vaughn, though, because Vaughn can pitch. He need a couple arms. I mean, I'll work for free at the White Sox ballpark. <laughs> Ankiel, Ankiel was kind of, but Ankiel switched. He had the yips. He out as he a pitcher. Late, yeah. yeah. Once, once he had the yips, he was he was only a PO. He went back and then worked on the craft. Yep. I can tell you this right now. Jason Street, friend of the show. If Jason had decided to be a center fielder instead of a major league pitcher or a pitcher in general, if he had just – do you think he, he would have made it to the show as a center fielder? Guys, he was a better hitter than Chris. I'm, I'm not saying this. I mean this. I mean this in in the toughest situations, especially when, at least until C- Chasen was a senior in 08. I want to chase him up in the most important moments of the game. When did he make off. that? He hit like four, four something. He hit like 560 for me in the summer, the summer after that. When, he when did Chasen make that switch? He went to Where PO he- when he went to college. But again, even at CSN at college, after he hit for me, he came back and played for me in the summer. He was shut down. His left arm was, he had dead arm. So he shut down. So we had, a, this is great, by the way. This is good fodder right here. The, the agreement that me and Coach Chambers, who was his coach at CSN, rest in peace, had was that he could not throw with his left arm. Okay. He played left field right handed <laughs> as a lefty. And, but he was my DH most of the time, but he played left field. And nobody ran on him because they're like, oh, God, it's Shreve out there. Nobody had any idea. So he hit so well, though. He was the best base runner I've ever coached. And Chris is one of the top two or three. But, again, what Chasen did, those some some of those guys that are now, like, again, some guys, look at Chasen's body. He's not not letting himself go. Does that make sense? 
where some relievers are like, let's go, let's gain it up. Let's look like well, you know, he's like, got a gamer's body. He has, he has a guy that could like literally go and do something else. Like in uh, fellas, do you got any closing thoughts? I just realized this is already at almost two hours and um, it sucks that Nico got hurt. He's yep. becoming the best second yeah. baseman in Chicago baseball. So that's uh, terrible timing. Um, Look at the stats. I was going to roll. Cubs Look at the stats, though. That was true. Cubs, Cubs could be only a game and a half back of the White Sox <laughs> record-wise after tonight. The White Sox don't win. Can we, can we remind you? <laughs> I don't want to just sneak that win. And that team. matters absolutely zero. <laughs> no one gives a shit. For everybody that <laughs> proposed to Chris Bryant to the White Sox trade, just take into consideration you're trying to trade someone that's laterally in the same position. Cubs Sox. That's in July, right? End of July. Yeah, when is our bet? We, what is our bet this year? We got to start thinking about our bet. You guys go ahead. I really, like I've said a million times, do not give a shit about the. Cubs. Zell has to go shirtless at a game. <laughs> That's not going to happen. That's <laughs> there still, obviously, but I don't know. I mean, give, give us your suggestions, audience. I, I mean, go. yeah, I'm, I will never be one of those people that the Cubs are not in the Sox division unless they play each other in the playoffs. I won't get that turned up for it. I like Buddha though. Buddha though is so blissful. I just so Zoe, so you guys see the the absolutely yumper. By the way, we're coming up with a tattoo bet. Yes, I would very much like Damn to it. see a sweep of the Orioles. That would be lovely. Orioles. I think worst record in the AL. So you I want mean, the, this, is the sweep? Is the sweep the only? What? What's your? What's your success rate for this? 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 The series? Like what's your? Three out of four win the series. That's all you can do. Is it keep three winning. Four games? Yeah, it's a four game. Keep oh, winning keep really winning series and you're gonna find things turn out all right. All right. Well we should, you know what? You know what? We should do a tattoo bet just for just for Kevin. A what? A tattoo I'll go, to, bet I'll go to a burrito station over here and put fifty cents in and get a temporary tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> My girlfriend does those at the uh, her events for the kids. But for all the okay fids, I'm so. If you're still here, God Love bless it. you. And uh, that's that's the pinwheels and ivy for this week. Uh, looks like the socks are about to get started. Uh, make sure you're following us at pinwheels and ivy. Uh, go buy some merchandise, and maybe we'll do another show on Monday. Who knows? We keep saying that, but we never do. But yeah, guys, guess what? I'll see you guys next Friday. So I will not be on the podcast next week. I will be in Chicago. Wondering, like, my flight will have just arrived. So, June 4th, White Sox game. Gotta get a flight review from Kevin. I'm gonna get a Zoe review when Zoe shows up at Rosangela. No, okay. I'm, just, I'm just throwing it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. His Kia Centra or whatever. So, we're good. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah.
waiting for, yeah. This is what you waiting for. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Put it on a boy. Every season make it all change.